This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, so, um, yeah, joining me for another one of our In Conversation pieces is uh, a City defender who is a legend. He was only here on the playing side two or three years, but he certainly uh, made his mark. Sean uh, Taylor, Sean, you're looking fit and well. You look like you could still be playing. Um, I'm not so sure I could do that, though, David. But, um, no, I do feel feel well, whatever, in myself. And touch wood, obviously, that will continue. Excellent, excellent. Well, look, let's go back through your uh, career. And you were a somewhat late starter in footballing terms. You didn't make it uh, professionally until the age of 23 in 1986. I see you were at St Blasey. Were you there when Nigel Martin was there at all, or did you miss him? Um, probably he missed me. He's, you'll find he's probably a little bit younger, younger than me. So I was there be- before him at St Blasey. So, I mean, obviously, people always mention that about that. But no, I was probably way before, before Nigel obviously came to St. Blasey because I went from St. Blasey then to Biddeford Town, who were obviously uh, probably in this area, probably the, the, one of the biggest clubs around. And then the irony of their, irony of their was that obviously, obviously with a few obviously financial difficulties, um, they, they cancelled my contract. And ironically, the next day, Exeter City called me in. Asked if I'd come sort of on a, a month's trial first, really. Yeah. Had you had any trials with any uh, football league clubs at all, or, or, or not really? Yeah, yeah, I had, I had a few. I mean, I had one before that. At, at, well, I sort of, ironically, I had some trials when I actually was Exeter. I, had, I went to Ipswich and I went to Norwich when I was actually with, with Exeter. And probably the manager at the time, you'll probably know, really know him well, was obviously Terry Cooper. Of course, so, yeah. But going back to the scenario there is a case where... Sorry, was the question again, David? Sorry. About yeah, the, the question was, how did you come to uh, join Exeter? But had you been with any previous clubs before as a youngster on trial? Well, as, as, a, as a youth, I was born and bred in Plymouth. And I obviously was a, was a, a youth player there. And when obviously the time to get an apprenticeship, I wasn't, um, wasn't offered one. So like any, anything at the time, my, my dad said... 
what you're going to do. And he was a he was in the, he was a fireman at the time, but before that he was in the in the, in the dockyard a shipwright. He said, "I think you need to get a trade." So became a plumber, and in between that, then played for St. Blasey, as you said rightly, and, and then played for Biddeford. So I was still I was still playing, still well self-employed when I when I joined Exeter City. But obviously a decision was made that it was well I wanted to be a, a, a personal footballer, and at the time I was not. I was not married. I was single, so it was it was a no-brainer for me, really, David. Excellent. And it was Terry Cooper that gave you your break and was manager when uh, Exeter won the fourth division championship in eighty nine ninety. Yeah. No, eighty six. Colin Appleton was the manager then. Okay. So he he signed me. I mean, there was there was a lot of a lot of interest in me at the time then, whatever. But I did sign for, for Exeter in eighty six, and Colin Appleton was the manager. And and then when Colin left. That's what I believe. Then Terry Terry came onto the scene. Yeah, but Terry was the gaffer when you got promoted that time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I say, very good times. In, enjoyed. Obviously, I know Bristol, was it Bristol Rovers and Bristol City know of him very well, and I know he, he was well thought of. Well, still well thought of it in Bristol. In, in Bristol. Yeah, and did did what was the biggest transformation you found between the sort of semi-pro of Biddeford and? Exeter. I mean, were you still plumbing in your spare time when you weren't training, sort of thing, keep your hand in? I mean, to be fair, I was only offered initially like a month's sort of month's trial, or whatever. So I had obviously think about if it didn't go well, then I would have, I would go back to my tools. So the scenario was, was I I played. I think I played. I came in and, and played a few games. Whether they they liked what I saw, and then I almost signed in that month, signed an 18, 18 month contract. So then I had to make the decision which was an easy decision for me, really, was obviously to down tools and, and become a professional footballer. And then going back to your question, I mean, the, I think the, the most, I felt as a, as a non-league player, I was pretty fit, whatever, but I think I noticed that even the first week in training, how, how well short I was in fitness and all that, and I appreciate as you go along, how I needed to obviously build up my fitness, being I thought as a non-league player, I was probably fit enough, whatever, but... By, by no scale was I, and obviously over time, and I, I think I remember my debut against Wolves at Molyneux in, in the Christmas, we drew 2-2. Two, two. I come up, come up, come up, finish the game, come on to the, come in the change room. I thought, I'm not sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to last this, whatever. Ironically, that was <laughs> so many years ago, whatever, but that, the intenseness, obviously at the time, I think you'll find at Wolves, Steve Bull and Andy Mutz. Yeah, because they were down in that. They were down in that division then, weren't they? Yeah. They were. They were. Yeah. And and I played against them. Like I say, not that I never wish I was going to give it a go. Or whatever. Just I cannot believe like everything about it. Whatever. And like I say, that ironically, that was many moons ago. Whatever. But like yeah. I say, it was a it was a probably a baptism of fire. Whatever. I didn't know till near earlier in the day. Whatever. So which is a good thing. And then things happened from there, really, David. They did. And then you caught the attention of Swindon Town. So who brought you uh, into Swindon back then, which was in uh, the summer of uh, 91, I think. Yeah, Swindon Town. Um, who brought Glenn, you Glenn Hoddle was the manager at the time. So Glenn Hoddle. Manager... So the culture yes. Glenn Hoddle went out no. and said, I need an artisan defender, yes? Not to put it well. Well, that... it did... I think he needed someone in a, in a different different blend to him. I think you'll get that, whatever. I mean, I mean, the assistant manager at the time, people know him, was John Gorman, who he was, he's always his claim to fame was Glenn, John, come and watch me play at Exeter new, numerous times, whatever, and obviously reported back to Glenn. And 
well, Glenn, now obviously Glenn Hoddle or whatever. And I think they, they were looking for, a, as you politely said, a more rugged defender. <laughs> in, and I think John said, I fit the bill. So, so he is, he always say, obviously, I don't think Glenn actually come and watch me play, but John was obviously, John was the assistant manager and, and obviously went on his whim, whatever. And oh, it all happened from there, whatever. But I mean, I know we'll be talking later, but third, I mean, it was a, a baptism fire. It was a, again, as I say, from joining non-league to Exeter, it was a no-brainer from joining Exeter to Swindon. And, and I think people at Exeter understand I'd, I'd done my time there, done my service there and looking for the next step in, in, yeah. in, in, in well, in, in football, really. And it was time to do it. And that season, the season, I said, the season after you joined them, the second yes. season, 92-93, you got promoted, yeah, and you scored 13 goals. Now, City fans will say they've not had a free-scoring centre-half <laughs> since Aidan Flint left. Excellent. No, exactly, no. You know, was that mainly set set pieces that you were scoring from that year you went up? I, I, would, I, would, almost say, I would almost say they were... Majority, not all of them, but majority were set plays. I mean, all my goals, I would have thought, and ironically, the majority of my goals were scored with my head, which probably will, will, will probably thought, well, that would be the case anyway. But I did score a few with my, with my feet, whatever. But majority of my, my goals for all clubs were, were mainly with my head. And yeah, and looking plays. at some of the members of that side that got uh, promoted, Fraser Digby in goal, I guess your central defensive partner was Colin Calderwood, Colin yes, Calderwood, is that right? That's right. And that's then right. you had, uh, obviously, Glenn pulling all the strings in midfield and then... Uh... Well, he, he was ironic. He was, the, he was a sweeper. We played three. We played three centre-halves, wing-backs. We played 3-5-2. But a lot of the time we played, this may sound strange, but not strange, he used to play in front of us, if you understand. We played three mm-hmm. at the back. He was relying on myself and Colin to, to do the maybe the more aggressive work and all that. But he, he would... I think everyone knows his ability then. He, he could still play whatever. It's the old added. He needed us as much as we needed him, whatever. But obviously, we would obviously win the ball. He would, and then he would obviously set from defence to attack in in one pass. Really. Yeah. What do you think got little old Swindon promoted? Because it was to the Premiership. What was yeah. it about the Swindon side at that time that they had that, dare I say it, Bristol City all this time later, well, not for forty years, haven't been able to get there? What, if you look back, what made that side tick? I, I, I think. On, on me personally was was obviously how how well and how good a coach Glenn Hoddle was. I mean, he had a blend. I mean, there was only a couple of. I think me, Dave. He signed Dave Mitchell, a lad, an Australian, ironically, but obviously played for Millwall and Rangers and played for teams in abroad. Whatever he came in and played centre forward. He 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 had he had the players there. It was like Colin was already there. Fraser Digby was over. Um, David Kerr's like. Um, Ross McCarran, Maskell, Craig Maskell. Yeah, so he brought he brought in I think looks like me, Craig, and Dave Mitchell, and, and then obviously Martin. Well, not so. Martin Ling came in. People yeah. that obviously I've kept kept in touch with now, whatever. But we had a good blend, very much attacking. That's why I think yeah. he, were, he was relying on. Yeah. We played three five two. He pushed like you see lots of teams now push the wing the wing backs on whatever. We we if you all see our records, we score lots of goals, but also. We probably did concede a lot, but that's the way we played. We, we felt we could score more goals than the opposition. Yeah, I score the opposition. And I know he bought... Was it Mickey Hazard came in right towards the end of that season then, didn't he? Is that right? Or was I think he signed in the it, summer? He was, it was, it was, I think I'm sure he was already there when I was there. He didn't, get, he didn't play that many games 
but obviously it was quite influential. And I think Glenn signed him from from obviously from Tottenham, whatever. So yeah. I'm not sure. I'm trying to bear that. I'm for sure. I don't think did he play? I don't think he played in that final, did he? No, he didn't. Not in the final. No, I just noticed him in the uh, pictures there. But talking about the final, I mean, I watched the seven-minute clips of that. I'm guessing that was your first appearance at Wembley. Three yeah. nil up. Three nil up. You oh. got the third. Tell us third. about that day. Tell us about that day because you must have been well. Brown trousers, brown shorts time when you were well, real. But tell I, us, I think, take us through the game. I, th- I think for any any wanted to be a footballer or whatever, I had, I had I had a few goals which you, you probably needed to. And was first of all was to be a professional footballer, which I, I managed to do. Next time was obviously to to play at Wembley. Next yeah. one was yeah. the score at Wembley, and then the ultimate thing was to play in the Premiership. And ironically, I, I probably did all did three of those things in in one day. Yeah. So it was it was just a just a fantastic experience. I mean, the, you said the seven minute clip. I've I've seen bits over the past and the goals, and obviously I've got I've got two boys who obviously give me clips and other people say, and obviously I'm in a different environment now. But obviously people say, oh, can't believe you played at Wembley and all things like that. It was just a, a fantastic. You always think the pitch is big on the TV. You go there and it's not as big as you think. Whatever on the pitch, but and. And like the atmosphere, it was ironic. Obviously, we went one 0 up. I think with Glenn Hoddles, Glenn scored, made it one 0 half time. Then Craig Masco made it two. And every time we scored, all you could hear was the Swindon Town yeah. fans. So then, ironically, the third goal I, I've scored. I saw that third fans. goal because you were in quite a forward position for that, weren't you? Well, you know? it was from a, it was from a, it was from a corner. What happened? It was a corner. The ball got headed out, and then the ball. I think John Munker played the ball back in. And, and you hadn't started running back, had you? Well, no, because I was well. I was anticipating hopefully that would be another another opportunity. And there was a well, the opportunity was the ball was in between the goalkeeper and myself, whatever. And I've got a I have got a picture at home where you see me actually. You don't actually see my head. You just see the goalkeeper and the ball, but not not see me because you'll see the you see the incident. There was someone took a picture and you can't really see my head, whatever, because I'm in between the ball and the, and, and the goalkeeper, whatever. And, Fortunately, obviously, a little bit got yeah. there just before the goalkeeper and made it and made it three 0 And like I say, all, all, all the time you just heard the Swindon Town fans. You did. I thought you well, did a couple, a touch of the Alan Shearers with that goal celebration because you had oh, your, well, nearly a headband there and you were coming yeah. out like this. And you that was my that was my. I, I don't think he took it off me or I took it off him. Whatever <laughs> you've seen now, but 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 no. But the, the irony of it is that we were all three up and. And then they they came back as you, as people know or maybe not know three one and when they scored all you I know our supporters were shouting but all you could hear was the Leicester City fans yeah, it yeah. was quite an irony I don't know obviously our fans were cheering us to get back into the game whatever but I mean then then they scored the second to make it three two three or my only thing on that was there was another fifteen minutes to go and they had put so much effort in obviously getting coming back from three 0 down to three all. Uh, if you if you do obviously watch the game or people see it through, we probably had two or three very good chances after that where they'd probably give their all to get back in the game. And then the irony is, which we will realise if they all know Steve White, he's known for for diving in the box. But the referee gave the, the penalty and on Paul Bowden. So a lot on Paul Bowden's shoulders though to go for a penalty, yeah. wasn't it? When uh, well, he know, also he missed he missed I think he missed one for Wales. 
previously to, to get them into the into into the Euros or something like that, whatever. So it was a massive, massive thing for him, whatever. But I mean, if you see that obviously I scored three that season, uh, thirteen, sorry. I think he might he scored something like maybe eleven, twelve. I think eleven of them were penalties. I think. Yeah, which will defend it. Well, if they're penalties, then that's it. So you've got promoted, you've achieved your yep. goal, and you got there by yep. 30. Some players, you know, you did it. You condensed it all very quickly. Um, yeah. And um, in the summer, Glenn goes off to Chelsea. Chelsea. I think John was put in charge. Yeah. Do you think, and John's a lovely bloke. I've met him a yes. few times over the years. Do you think that was a mistake letting him run with it? And the club didn't have a lot of money because the only no. person they went out and bought was Jan Aga Fjortov, whose start wasn't particularly great, although he did get... At the time, no, he did go Do you think they got it wrong that summer when Glenn went? I, th- I think it was easy to say he got, got it wrong. I mean, like, they're in that time, the teams that were getting promoted didn't normally last. They normally lasted one season. They, they Like the derbies and all that, they, they go up for one season and come down. And I think I don't think... Well, we didn't have the, the right infrastructure to actually to go for it. I think... The club absolutely loved, and everybody took it on board that we were going to be in the Premiership. I think at the time, I think you'll find also we, we lost Colin Calderwood to Tottenham. We, we lost very key players who, who left, whatever, and and we didn't like. And that's no the, the, to the people that came in. We didn't replace them with better players, maybe on par or or, or maybe low, yeah. but with the financial difficulties that clubs did have, it was a case where. It was like anyone says. It was late. We didn't finish the season till late. Organisation. It was always met thought that obviously when Glenn left, John was going to leave as well. But I think that the, the direct directors enticed or encouraged John to, to take it. I think if you're in John's shoes and you want to be in be in charge, I think he made that decision and and we totally backed him. The thing is, he was like you just said, he was very instrumental in getting me to to Swindon. He looked after me and 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 though. People may know Glenn, whatever. We all could talk to him and all that. He was a massive, like that focal point between the manager and the players, whatever. Everything, a lot of things that maybe didn't go right, never got to the manager. John would deal with them. And that's how, how good a job he, he did in, in our, obviously, promotion. Now, the scenario is then, he's now the manager. And like you hear these stories before, it's not, not easy. And like I say, he didn't have, I don't think, the money to obviously make us competitive, but... For, I know for sure that we all tried our best to, to 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 do well that season, knowing that not knowing well, we didn't know what our fortunes were going to be, but we knew that we give ourselves a chance, and a lot of us took the opportunity because we're playing the Premiership. Really. Yeah, and, and and it lived up to your expectations. I mean, what was it like oh. running out at Old Trafford and Highbury, yeah, Stamford Bridge, yeah, everywhere? Oh, it was. I think it was, a, it was a dream come true, really. Like I said, I, I did everything that I wanted to do in one game at Wembley now to play in the Premiership. And to, you what? I mean, it was only going the obviously Sky was only going the, the, the season before. So you see the things on the TV, you know, you're going to be televised. And it was so much of a euphoria and everything was going. It was, well, like it is now, it's still a massive tournament. Obviously, everybody wants to play in the, in, be in the Premiership. And, it was it was fantastic doing everything I wanted to do, playing against players that I would never dream of playing. Going to I was a, I am still I'm a Man United fan, whatever. Though I do support the teams I played for, it was just like, like you say, playing at Old Trafford, and and it was it was it was incredible. It it went so quickly, but I, I was I though 
though we we got relegated, I know everyone says in the worst scenario we conceded hundred goals. I was talking to my, my two sons in the week about that, whatever it's the case. Because beyond that, we were we had one game ago, we we're leads at home and we were 95, 95 goals. And I said, we can't concede five goals and get under goal. Well, ironically, we lost, we lost five now, I think, you or do. five one. Oh, and got under goals. But but we had, well, I think we drew, I know it's easy to say it was two points for a win and one for a draw. We we drew 15. Now, easy to say if we had won five of those, we would have stayed up. But anybody. Yeah. But it was the experience. It was the experience, oh. and they didn't have they didn't have the money to no. to buy themselves out of trouble or anything like that. Yeah, but I think if you go there, people talk. They enjoyed. I think we enjoyed the experience, but I think the fans enjoyed it even more. I mean, yeah. every every that home game was a rele- follows. Yeah, that second relegation that followed fairly quickly afterwards. That second relegation that followed fairly quickly afterwards. Yeah. Was that a reaction to um, being in the Premier League, do you think? Um, quite possibly. I think it's happened in the past to, to teams, hasn't it, in, in the past. And, and and yes, I mean, it was easy to say we were too good to go down because ironically, we then bounced up the following year quite quickly on, under, under, under Steve McMahon at the time, whatever. So That's right. I mean, what a difference yeah. in character, though. I mean, if you look at the managers that you played under, <laughs> Terry Cooper, yeah, we all know what Terry's like, <clears throat> the, the cultured Glenn Hoddle, the genial, I'll say genial John Gorman, and then Steve McMahon. I mean, what, yeah. what was he like to play under? Um, I mean, he, he liked, like, well, he liked obviously to perform. He, he was, he was a, his teams were quite aggressive, but I mean, obviously his background with, with Liverpool and all that, I mean, he did initially, he did be, a, he was a player manager at the time, whatever. And then he, then he then stepped aside and was a manager. I mean, it was it was good and bad. Like I said before, we had the season we went. I think I don't think whether he took us down or. But then we had some such a good players. We we like Kevin Horlock, the likes of people like that. We were always going to come up again, and so we had a we had a good side, and we're, we were destined to come up into that into the next division. Yeah. So anyway, the summer of ninety uh, six. Um, well, in fact, it was September ninety six. Yes. You came. To Bristol City, so they played a number of games. Joe Jordan was uh, manager. How did the move to uh, City come about in that September? Because it wasn't a close season signing. So, no. what, happened, what happened there? Because City were in League One, you were back yes. in what is now the Championship. That's that. right. Well, the scenario there a little bit at the end. I think my face didn't fit in the end with the manager. The situation was I had another I had another twelve months to go. We went on pre-season, and I was sort of like thought I was going to be offered another contract. I wasn't. But like I said, I still had 12 months to go. And I think at probably the time I wanted to play football, it seemed that the rhymes on the wall that I wasn't going to play many games for, for Swindon and Steve. And respect that is, but, but also he, he needed to respect me that I needed, I wanted, I was at age where I needed to be playing football. And I, and I wasn't going to, without doubt, was not going to see my last year sitting in reserves and being a sub and things like that. So whether I, I didn't really initiate it. I mean, I think it was a clip. Well, and I was really pleased when, when Bristol, Bristol City obviously came in, whatever. And I, and I didn't hesitate reason because I knew that I was going to another club who wanted me, maybe no respect to that. I know that I got on really well with the fans at Swindon. I was actually leaving who someone wasn't going to play me. So it was, it was a no, 
yeah. no brainer really. I, I was going to go somewhere where I was wanted and, and I was going to play, and and, and like it, it suited me. It suited his fine, and and being a West Country boy as well, it was just then I was going. I was nearly going. Well, back you were going to, to you were going to the Premier Club in the West Country, even though they've it. never. As we speak, got to the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, and I'm always been. The, I'm looking at the lineup that City had at yeah. the start of that season because, I mean, in the team, then I mean, Keith Keith Welsh was vying for the goalkeeping spot with uh, with Naylor. We're looking right. at their their central defenders. I think Rob Edwards started as number five. Then That's right. Mark Shale. Then they had Jason Cundy, Cundy. on loan. And That's I'm right. Guessing, I played him. I played him at Shrews. I think my game. first. You played one game Sorry. alongside him, looking at this here. So that's right. So Jason Cundy Shrew- was in there at, at Shrewsbury. I think that no, at Shrewsbury I played. That was your first game away at Shrewsbury. That's right. And uh, Taylor and Cundy, the central, and you had people like uh, well Gary Hours, who obviously I'm guessing that's is right. still friendly with Gary. Yes. And Martin yeah. Cool was there. Darren Barnard, he was a good little yes. fullback in his day. Lewis was. was there as well. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was he was, a he was coming in. He was coming in, obviously playing right back, and and then to be fair, that all changed because then when he come then come and played with me at, at centre half. That's right. That's right. And then the rest of that season, it was yeah. you know you were there or thereabouts. We are. Yeah, but then but then you got. Injured just yeah, before right. John Ward came on board. So, what what are your recollections of ninety six, ninety seven prior to that uh, injury? Because you got injured. I think I've got it down here with the well in March. Literally, it must have been a couple of weeks before John Ward came on board. That's right. It was a case. I, I can't. I can't even think of the, the injury, or whatever. But I know we'd, we. I mean, we finished fifth because we, we lost to we lost to we lose to Brentford in the in the playoffs. You lost to Brentford in the playoffs that season because John. Right. John came in, he lost his first game, won five in a row, and right. then disappointingly lost at Wickham. I was at that game, and yeah. that was typical City. Right. If they'd have yeah. got a point or won it, they would have had home right. advantage, because as it was, it was home away rather than away at yeah. home against Brentford. But you were ruled out well, for the season, weren't you? Well, I, for that best that season, I mean, I, I checked me, I got the Rothmans, and I do check, and I, and I don't honestly know, David, what injury I had for them to be out of the, of the side, which is not, so I know it's such a long time ago, whatever, but, but I remember, but I, th- I thought I was, I, I did play in the, in the you playoff did. You game. You played in the second leg alongside Mark Shale. There we go. You played in the second right. leg up there. Yeah. That's it. Well, I think maybe, maybe I was still probably still carrying an injury and things like, things like that, whatever. So that was quite disappointing because of with the Bristol City have always been on on the verges of of getting promotion on that, and then obviously, well, that they didn't get there, did they? We didn't. But then the start of the big season, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. Um, City yeah. got out. Did they sign? They signed Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche, and then and he that got was injured. On the back didn't of he? What he'd done for Chesterfield, getting to the semi final. Chesterfield, that's right. Yeah, but he, but he got, he got injured earlier. He got injured. He got early injured, on, didn't he? And I think that's when you'll find, well, like I think probably, and probably other people will say maybe not, I think that's when we decided for Lewis to come and play alongside me at the back. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, no, because Dyche, Dyche wasn't, because they didn't have the transfer, well, the transfer window didn't appear to be as early in December because Dyche came in after about eight games. That was his debut. He that's played right. 10 games. He was out again. And then yeah. you've got, yes, yeah, right, Taylor, Taylor and Kerry. So, yeah. you know, that was the defensive partnership. But what are your recollections of the individuals of that side? I'm looking through the lineup here. I mean, Keith yeah. Welsh 
was an ever-present bar two guy. Good, good character, confident in him as a very big... confident. Yeah, very dry, sensitive. We were being a northern chap and all that, but no, I, 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 I think we all, we all had a good blend of of characters. And I know we're going to talk about the team, like in youth and all that. I mean, we had like like said Tommy Tommy Doherty again, yeah. like Lewis. I think we had Matty Hewlett, people like that. So we had like, and then we had the nucleus of. Like I say, those are the younger ones, and then we add up the older ones like Gary and and Brian, Brian Tinney. Yeah, Tins was like, yeah. So we had, a, and then we had, well, we had Sean Golder up, up, up front as well, whatever. But we had a quite, a, I mean, it's easy to say that a nucleus of a team. But of all, we had some good youth, and also we had good experience, and that, that's a that's a good good cocktail for for getting obviously promotion. I think. And looking at some of the other players in there again, I say an unsung hero of that squad. Adam Locke at right back. He was, yes. yeah, he was good. It was consistent. Good solid blow. It was. I think he almost come as a, a midfield player because then don't get and Lewis and come and played alongside myself, whatever. So he slotted in there and, and then nicely. And then we had on. It was. It was it. Nick obviously Mickey on the left hand side. Well, Mickey and ten goals from Mickey Bell that season, wasn't it? From full well, back. We always had a good left side. But to be fair, they complement each other really well. Mickey and, and, and Brian, and, and obviously everybody. We always seen to go down without no respect to the other side. We always seen to go down the left hand side, and everybody would all in start getting excited. And obviously, a lot of things developed from that side. To be fair, yeah. Do you think that uh, losing Sean Goater as it was in yeah. March was a different, no, notwithstanding your own injury, but no. losing Sean's goals when yeah. you know you had about six or seven games to go? You know, yes. could, was he out of contract? Could he have been kept on? Was that what it was just about getting the money um, rather than the championship? Yeah. Well, I mean, Sean will tell you what the scenario is there. I think losing a, a key striker in that situation, we, we ironically going back to Swindon, we did that before when uh, we had remember a lad called Duncan Shearer for Swindon. Yeah, Duncan Shearer. Yeah, we we had him. Whatever we, the season before we got, we went got into the playoffs. Um, Blackburn came in and, and bought him, whatever, and we lost his goals. But then, ironically, Blackburn didn't play him at all. So a scenario like that, whatever, with, with Sean, whatever. I mean, because then he he went then to where did Sean go to Manchester City then? That's right. Yeah, that was his move. Yeah, yeah. feed the goal. And that was the deadline was... day, wasn't it? Was that deadline day or no? Oh, I think it must have been. Yeah, because one minute he was here against your hockey sword. He hadn't scored That's for right. about five games. Looking at this. But, I mean, right. looking at some of the other players in that team, I mean, uh, Steve Torpy wasn't a bad bloke, really. He no, wasn't most no. mobile, but... It was, I th- it was one of those where, for, for a team player and for the team, he was excellent. I, th- I don't think always the fans appreciated the, the hard work, and he, he did. I think he was a very similar person to when I first joined, like Kevin Nugent, is it? Yeah, Kevin Nugent, yeah. Very well, similar. Emily, Emily, as he was called by the fans, yeah. <laughs> well, those two characters... You'd always have in your team, then I think the players appreciated them probably more sometimes than the fans because they probably expected them to score more goals and things yeah. like that. But they were very key to how we played with build up and obviously holding the ball up and bringing other players into the game. Yeah, and, and another player who was a bit of a character by all accounts, we're going to try and line uh, him up, was uh, Colin Cram. He looked like he played Colin the Cram. game for fun. Yeah, well, you mentioned about. You didn't know what was going to happen there, whatever. A very excitable person, a young chap, wanting to impress. I think we got him down from Scotland. Is that right? I think so, yeah. 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 And like I say, he scored his, his fair share of goals, whatever. I mean, he sort of, he figured for a while, and like I say, he sort of probably had a, should have had a, probably a better career than, than he did, whatever. I'm not sure where he ended up playing after Bristol. 
Yeah, but it was uh, and all through that season, it was pretty much a battle between you and Watford for the championship. I remember, I remember going to Vicarage Road just That's before right. Christmas uh, that year because Watford were in front, and we we yes. over that Christmas New Year period, we actually managed to get ahead of them. I think just looking at this, yeah. but uh, I think City took seven thousand fans up there and right. Sean goes forward, and, and then they got an equaliser. But that was a game, yeah. uh, a game yeah. and a half. Um, and then, and like I say, that was a disappointing thing. Thinking, like, uh, not say I got the injury when we played Watford. Well, we'll probably talk about it later. But, like I say, we're nipping tuck with them all season and, and just disappointed that we couldn't actually be champions. But obviously, second was, was good enough to get into the next division, really. No, most definitely, most definitely. And I mean, what uh, what was the what was the playing camera? What was the camaraderie like amongst the players off the pitch? I mean, was it was it? Did you sort of work hard and play harder type of thing? Were you all local? You know, um, I would say majority majority of the, the players were all local. Um, I, I well, decision. I was still living in Swindon and moved moved down to Bristol. And, and and I think it was always a key. Wherever I was playing, I, I wanted to be in and around where 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 the where the club was, whatever. And I think a lot of people I lived people were a lot of people lived in NLC, and I lived in not that I'd made a preference. I just lived in Backwell, just a little bit further than there's someone live on the other side. And I think whether in, in any any club, whatever the players are going to be in different areas, but but for whatever reason we like well you can obviously put. Say to John, John Ward, we we gelled together. We had, like I said, a good nucleus of experienced players, but then also there were some up and coming, very good young players coming in, and, it, and we bonded. Well, we, I think the respect from the younger ones to the older ones, and the and the need, and that we needed the younger legs in the side, and all that proved, I think, proved dividends really. Yeah, and what was John Ward like as a manager? Because he sort of had a fair few games as manager yeah. before coming to City. I mean, was he sort of? Because at the time he was assisted by Terry Connor, wasn't he? That's right. They were. I mean, they were. They were good. They were good format. I mean, obviously, I've, I've, I've followed John's career and also Terry, who's obviously been in, been playing with them, Mick McCarthy at clubs, and so they've they've done very well for for themselves. And I think they just gelled well. Terry. John was a, was a, obviously a coach, but obviously Terry did a lot of the coaching and they worked well together. I think John just wanted us, he had a good nucleus of a team. He just wanted us to play. We, we like, like you said before, we trained hard, we, we played. And, and I think if you get those ingredients right and you get a bit of, bit of luck, you're, you're always going to get, hopefully going to get success at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I had a chat with John uh, literally only about a month ago. And one of the questions I didn't ask him, and I'd be interested to see it from uh, your side, after he lost Sean Gota, um, yeah. he went out and signed Jason Roberts on loan. Right. And we all know yes. what career Jason went yes. on to have. And Jason scored, I think, on his debut up at, Boundary Park Oldham. up at Oldham and Oldham. That's right. And then yeah. I think it was an international break. Look, and that's right. He went to play for his He went to play for his country playing. and his, his card was that's, marked after that, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. And I don't think then he played for us again, did he? No, he didn't. That was did it. He? No. And I, I mean he could have been more prolific. Whether they'd signed him and Sean McCarthy, I yes, don't know. Right. But yeah. I think we I think John at the time probably well, obviously no he whether he had plans, he knew that Sean Gordon was going. I don't know whether that was a board decision or, or well, presuming it was probably a more board decision. But as a manager, you want to keep your better players. He probably had to then act pretty quickly to get a replacement. I mean, 
and the scenario was Jason come in and like I say, I remember distinctly, obviously him doing really well at at, at, at Oldham, and then next minute find that he'd gone international duty, and then it was never not say never to be seen again, whatever. And I think yeah. it was a little, it was a lot to ask of Sean Sean to come in at that short time, being obviously with Sean being so successful and. And it needed it needed to come up and running straight away. If you understand. Yeah, and McCarthy was one of those players that he probably, I mean, go to was probably one in two and a half, and McCarthy yeah. had always been a one in three. Probably he wasn't. Uh, yeah. I don't think yeah. he was uh, prolific from uh, from that point of view. Now we talked uh, just before we started recording about the Watford uh, injury, uh, and that was. Do you remember that pitch? They played American football on it. About football, all before. the markings, all the markings were on there, and the grounds and. Well, what I said did a terrific job. He then tried to obviously cover all the, all the, the blue and the red or the white with obviously green, green paint, whatever. Because I remember people sliding in all different coloured <laughs> paints on their shorts because we had wore white shorts. And, oh, it was, and, and going on the pitch, you just thought, well, it's ironic really. But like I say, no, I, I do distinctly remember because the markings were quite distinctive on the pitch still. But then the game, as I say, a combination of losing. Sean Gota and then Sean Taylor, you you get injured against uh, Watford. Was it a clash? Was it a stretch? Because that was, was um, keeping out the game for a year nearly, wasn't it? I went I went up in the air with the with the, the their goalkeeper and as I came down, obviously legs connected and all that. And not, well, obviously ruptured me me ACL at the time. Didn't think nothing of it. I think people realised I was still running around one and a half time. Said I'd give it a go, come out, didn't felt okay running straight, whatever. And then at odd times and felt that I couldn't carry on. And then, then it, I think I had to wait for a couple of days to let the legs settle, and then go and saw a consultant and, and then had an x ray and scan. And it just showed that I'd ruptured my ACL, whatever. And, and being at what's that, 30, is it 35, 36, 35. whatever? I mean, at the time, People then were get it was taking them probably a lot of people nine months whatever I I knew I only had one when I say one chance to come back again whatever I I took probably think about 10, 11 months whatever but well you were out of it for was, a fair you were out of it for yeah. a fair uh, bit but I mean what was the the atmosphere like at Ashton Gate during that season because I mean I, I mean one 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 player who surprised me that he never made it with us was Sean Dyche because when he came yes. in he seemed yeah. as if he lost confidence and when you look at him now and he's a hard man now as manager yeah. that he was as a player you must have been you must have watched do you watch every game from the sideline yes or were you in yeah, I did, yeah I mean I was myself very frustrated whatever I I, th- I think probably whether I don't think we, we never had that conversation it's just a case where I think he, he just tried too hard to be Sort of not not in a derogatory thing. The main man, he just wanted. Obviously, he was as a centre half. You want to be obviously. John made him captain, whatever. It may have been. He just probably needed to concentrate on his football. That and not saying he didn't think of anything else because, like I say, he's he's proceeded himself with what he's now doing it at Burnley and, and as as a, as a coach and as a manager. It just seemed, as you rightly said, it just didn't happen for him. Whatever it was, it was we got up another level. You could say we were playing against better. Better, better players. It's very hard when you're on the sidelines, been out for so long. Because though you're with the players every day, you're training on your own. You only like to see them maybe at social events or or like on a Saturday night or or like during the during the week, whatever. Most of the time, you are concentrating on your own injury and doing. So 
And I didn't probably see a lot of the training at the time where it was all, I haven't got the answer, but I just thought maybe we've, we've stepped up a level and, and, and it, was, it was very difficult. And like I say, just, we just seemed to be a bit, well... Well, we had, I mean, we had that season, just like you had with Fjortoft, with 13 goals and got relegated. Yeah. We yeah. signed Adi Akinbae and he That's scored right. 23 goals that season. But yeah. it looks to me in the chance, and I discussed this with John, it looks to me in the transfer activity that he went out, well, City, and he said it wasn't him because they went out and got Akinbae, Tony yeah. Thorpe, and Soren Anderson. Yeah? That's right. You're the right. cover that they got defensively was for, Ju- for you, I guess, was Julian yeah. Watts. And maybe they That's didn't right. think that you'd be out for as long as they were. Long. And I guess a combination of Watts and a confidence uh, of yes. Sean, not what it was, that yeah. contributed, I guess, to the poor start to the season, yeah? For sure. Because when when did then, you you know, I mean, that's why I don't know. When, when did actually John leave then? Well, John left. It was, a, a again, we talked about this. I think, uh, you know, he left. He, he shouldn't have gone, yeah, at the board. Oh. He went out and wanted to bring Mick Harford in, didn't he? To give him right, okay. uh, Ray Harford, right. sorry, to give yeah. him assistance. And John, yeah. you know, John, and they beaten Crew at home five two, and then they right. beat Bolton at home, and it looked like they were turning it round. Sure. Yeah. And then next thing, John said he didn't walk; he was sacked. But they went in and bought Benny. Jeez, yeah. you know. I mean, and then the first two games that Benny had in charge were five five nil at Bradford yeah. or whatever it was, and uh, yeah, that's right, and six one at home to Wolves. I mean, there was it was a it was a hard feeling there, whatever. That I think he came in at a very difficult time, and and though he had, I will say, he had support from everybody. I think he was sort of like one man on his own, whatever, and it was a a massive task. He he had a good reputation, obviously, where he was before, whatever, and to come in. I know. It has happened for other, but he almost had to come in and like sail it, sail the ship himself, whatever. I think it was extremely difficult. He had people behind the scenes who were, or I can honestly say, were helping. But he had then you got to trust the people that you work with because he did he bring so he didn't bring anyone in with him. Well, that was a question I was going to ask you because he was more of a coach than yes. a, a manager. It was a massive big ask for him to come in. I mean, did you? That was the first. Um, uh, I played that. I think manager I that you played under did 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 yes. he change the way the team trained? Um, he had he had good principles and he had some great sessions, whatever. But then he needed obviously, as I see it, he needed obviously have a pre-season to bring those things into providence over a season, whatever. And this was like it was like, well, it was in the, in the season, was it? So it's very difficult yeah. to implement those things. You almost like. It was it was very difficult it, to me. It was he needed a pre-season because we then went on to the, the the fitness and things like that. But going back before, sorry, after that, when when Tony came in, Tony was a breath of fresh air to me, whatever, because we were obviously wanting defensively, and it, and I know people being in, being Bristol Rovers as well. He was good for the club because he, he got us organising, which he's proved in the past. Well, all, he got us organised. Yeah, we talk about Tony in a minute because I was just right. checking the records. You played quite a few games that season. Was there any yes. time in the first season back or the, or the one-off season back right. in what is now the championship that they yes. said, Sean, can you get back a bit earlier? Were you under pressure to get back? Um, I think when Benny was in charge, it was a case of coming back sooner rather than later. I think I, I think, I, I think from what I got, did I play the, 
the last you came in last yeah, five games, you came in games. for the last eight games and you yes came, the, the match you came back was a 2-0 home win against, uh, against Port Vale and the player that everybody hoped was going to help turn it around not only you coming back they had, a, they had a, was it David Howes they signed on loan from Tottenham that's right oh that's right yeah yeah that's right I remember David yeah he was a nice chap and then but you came in and did you, you I've got here that you missed the last, the last game of the season yeah. was that injury again sort again, of thing, uh, quite quite possibly I think we'd already because we, we obviously then were relegated weren't we you were yeah no? absolutely so yeah. relegated but I mean that was was it a Disappointment. I mean, that must have been the you know you the, the penultimate season of your active yes. playing career, and you yeah. missed the year. You missed the year. I, didn't you? I mean, I, I managed. To, well, like I say, got some games under my belt. Like I say, I think it was they were close games. Like you said about, I played Port Vale on the Saturday. I think I went to play Portsmouth on the Monday. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, that was like two games in like I've been out for like eleven <laughs> months, whatever, and we got we obviously got two good results, whatever. And you think, oh. But it, I think it was just it was just a lot more needed to be done. Whatever, like I say, I, I was concentrating on. And like you say, you you people say when you play for a long time, you you get through the first two games on like know how and and positivity and all that. And over time, you need I need obviously I need a decent pre-season then to obviously start the the next season really. Yeah. Well, the next season starts, and here you are now thirty. Six, because we're talking yeah. 99 2000 season, and here yeah. you are in the opening lineup. Tony Poos yeah. has come on board as manager, yes. And as you say, I'm not in the vilification of Tony Poos no. like most city fans are. And his managerial record since he left us stacks up yes. alongside anybody yeah. at Championship and Premier League level. So what did he say? Well, to no, you? No, no, stats did he play on one more season. Was that what it was? Play well, on- well, the case was I had, I think, another season to go, whatever. And he knew, obviously, I was in. I've been injured and all that. And I said, "Well, if I'm available to play," and he did. I think people got to realise he did. You have a look at our, our results, and I know it's thinking how far back we we, we didn't. We were we were drawing games nil nil, not scoring enough goals, whatever. That was we were very solid, and people. Felt like we were not scoring goals at the time. Is that right? That well, actually, the... it's interesting because people say that Pulis play boring football, but I'm I'm looking here, and in the first the first uh, five games, you beat Blackpool. Well, game five, you beat Blackpool five two, and then right. in game two, you beat Bournemouth three one. That yeah. was two home yeah. games. Okay, you lost at Reading and lost yeah. at Wigan. So I don't know what people were talking about, but let's let's do that Reading game. You were there, and um, oh, Jason, Jason, the into the crowd. What do you remember? I know, that that was well. I was on the pitch, whatever, and I I couldn't believe what had happened, whatever. Because didn't there's a girl break her arm or, or something as well? I don't know, but she took it full in the face or somewhere. Sort well, of thing, yeah. and I don't think he I don't think he played again. I don't think. Um, no, I don't think he did. No, yes, he I'm did. No, sure. I'm just did reading he? here. It said Davison right. and Poulis. This is reading out the history of the yes. time. It proves to be a case of engaging tongue before the brain. They are forced to backtrack from their immediate post-match comments that Lavin would not play for the club again after he got sent off for kicking yes. the ball into the home crowd. But I'm looking here that he played about three weeks later. So he did play. Oh, did he? So he did game. play. It just felt well, like it was like the end End was nigh because obviously that, that situation, whatever, I mean. Yeah. It was, it was quite... I mean, I think but it was, just a, at, it was definitely a bit of frustration, really. 
Yeah, if you look at the team that lined up there, it was yeah. much changed even from when you started because it was uh, Steve Phillips had taken yes. over in goal. Um, right. What was he like? What was he like as a? Yeah, as a he was. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's he never was really a, a young man. He conceded, was it? <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, very much so. I mean, he like obviously you talk about Stuart Naylor and Keith Welsh, whatever. Obviously, they were older senior players. He'd come in, obviously, under their under their sort of the umbrella, whatever. I mean, he, he he had a, well, from what I gather, he did have a very good career, whatever. Just that he was up and coming and he just needed knocking down a bit at times, whatever. But he proved to be a, a, a very, a very good goalkeeper and obviously carried on there because I think he went then to, to crew and the likes of that. Oh, he had a good, well, he had a good career with us, really. Paul Mortimer in midfield. I mean, that yes. was a bit of a poor man's choice yeah. compared to what had gone before, maybe. A, a nice person, good footballer, whatever, but... Probably like a few of us, whatever. Probably are near the, near the end of our probably our careers at the time. Possibly. <laughs> his knee, his knees weren't the greatest either, were they, Paul Mortimer? <laughs> Not I'm aware of no. And then Greg Goodridge was still around. Greg I mean, Goodridge, he was, he was, he was, he was a infuriating because his sort of end product never seemed to justify all the approach. Well, though, obviously, I, I when I obviously went down to Torquay later in my, my career as a coach, whatever. Greg played there, whatever. That's where he, he did we did we sign him from Torquay. I don't know. I don't know where he came from. I, Greg I, played, I, I don't know that. But he, but he was very. He was up and down. I mean, he was an exceptional, gifted player, whatever. But, but it, obviously, it wasn't consistent enough. But he, he showed some unbelievable skill at, at times. Yeah, and as this season progressed, because you played, as I say, I'm looking at the lineups here. You were there into November, but City yes. went out and signed Keith Millen. So was that that's right to him replacing you? I, I think so. At the time, I think I was. I think I was. It's very difficult now to think on those things. I think I was, at the time, I, I, I think I'd be training and, and like and the injury, and I, and I think around that time, I must have decided to obviously. I think I because all that time I was still there, whatever. Because when did, again, when did Tony leave? Tony Pulis, he left actually just before the Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, is that right? Because because then because because then Danny Wilson came, didn't he? Uh, no, Danny came in the summer because Tony Forthrop was manager for right. a short period. Yeah, it was a case I'm where guessing we're all on staff. I'm guessing you we're, yeah, were on staff. I was sort of like yeah, it was like myself and Brian and all in helping Tony and and things like that. It, it, well, it, it didn't. It wasn't going to work like that, whatever. But I think we just had to try and steady the ship at the time. So I think, like I say, that that area that time was it was difficult to think. I mean, I wasn't playing at the time, and Keith came in. And I got on really well with Keith. We did our coaching badges together, yeah. so we we had a quite a good we had a good quite a good relationship at the club, whatever. So it was a case where and I don't I don't think I I think then I was I wasn't I was already playing at all then I think because obviously I think Keith played with with Lewis quite a bit then. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I'm looking at well, you played in total that season uh, 20, 25, 25 right. games, which is a decent one. I mean, did bad. you know? I'm looking at this, and it looks like your last game was uh, just into the new year against Cardiff. Did you right. know, was there a match when you stepped out and you knew this is my last game or was it that that was my last game and I didn't realise it at the time? Well, well, I was trying to refer to when Danny Wilson came in. It was a case where I was then still, I must have still had a playing contract and it was a situation like a player coach, whatever. And I, and I think like, they wanted to give me a go whether I should play, and I played a reserve game, whatever. And in the end, it was 
it was total waste of time, whatever. We did it, I don't know what we did, we played at Barnet, and if people remember it, whatever, they were very well imaged on it, whatever. So I, and I think it was, and then I knew that I wasn't up to the, not in up to the game, obviously playing to a, to a standard that I would be happy with, whatever. So, so they're like, quite sadly, they just petered out a little bit, not saying I, I thoroughly enjoyed my, my time at, at Bristol playing. And like I say, I ended up being a coach there for another You were on the coaching years. in those years, because I interviewed Danny a couple of months ago. Those yeah. years under Danny, it yeah. was year-on-year year improvement. It was attractive yeah. football. What are your recollections of that? Yeah, I mean, I was then on... I was, I was taking the reserves. Um, Danny and obviously Frank Barlow, who I got a real good understanding with, good good friendship, manager and first-team coach. And I was sort of like helping them and also taking the reserves and was with them on match days. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed the, the experience. Obviously, one one of the, 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 the I'm trying to think what cup it was, is the change his name so many different times. And it, we won that, what, the old, I'm trying to think, not the LDV, was it? The, uh, yeah, it was 2002. Was that's it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, then I think what the thing was, we when we lost the, the, the playoff game, didn't we? We did against Brighton because you lost to Cardiff. You lost to Cardiff in the semi the previous year. Yeah. Then you right. got to got to uh, Wembley, and I I said to Danny, it's a question I've been waiting twenty years to ask him. Yeah. Why wasn't Leroy Lita in the? Yeah. He wasn't even yeah. on the squad. And when we looked no. at it, and I put that on the podcast, it was. Wasn't it? it was. You know, he he he. I he justified his decision not to include him, but. You, you right. must have seen Lee during the reserves. What time? Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was prolific, scored. I mean, I think when you become a coach, right, the manager, he lives and by is is you giving him all the information, all the help you need. But in the end, the manager's got to make his own decisions on that. I mean, it was, I, I just think it was all round. I think we had to be one, we were quite, as a club, very confident of, of winning that game. But it, like a lot of things happen, we as a team, the club, the players did not perform on the, on the day, really. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was a great entertainment any, game anyway, was it, from what I can tell? Oh, God, no, it. and it was a penalty. Danny Coles and, uh, yeah. and that sneaky... It, it was quite a shame how it ended, because like, obviously, as you said, I totally enjoyed his, my relationship with, with the, obviously, the, the, two, the two manager and assistant manager, and you always felt we were, they were going somewhere with it, whatever, but obviously yeah. that was curtailed after that game. Was it, was it a surprise that he went? Because I think it was to um, Danny when I spoke with him. I'd, yeah, surprise, yeah, surprise, but nothing nothing surprises you in football. <laughs> but then, and then Brian got the gig, yeah? That's right. Brian yeah. got the gig, and you were still, you were there that first season, Brian was in charge, weren't you? Yeah. Well, Brian, obviously, Brian brought Keith Mennon into his assistant That's right. manager, and I, I kept the same position or as like a sort of like development coach on, underneath him, whatever. So, yeah, so, so I was still there and I helped keep a lot. Obviously, Brian was still playing in, playing manager. Yeah, just about, well, I can remember chatting to Brian once about there was a match against Chesterfield and I was doing yeah. stuff for uh, Cub Call, I think, and he took Brian off at a critical part of the game. I said to Brian, why did Keith take you off? And he shrugged his shoulders and people, people berate right. Brian Tinian as a manager, yeah. but he missed out on the playoffs in his first game in charge, his first season right. by one yeah. point. Point. Just really? one point. 
yeah and and then and everybody remembers you've gone by then but everybody remembers yeah. Brian for that 7-1 defeat yeah. against Swansea, at Swansea yeah I in the following season I think uh, the scenario on that not in I have obviously a lot of a lot of regard for Brian it was a case where there was still a nucleus of that team there that, that Danny had had hadn't they through that yeah. as that I mean that's why I think well it was right or wrong it was it was curtailed mainly like say as you say Danny was surprised but while he rightly so, because he we probably had formulated a no, no, no respect, like I said before, when I was at Swindon, where we had such a good players. We were too when we went down, we were too good to we were never too good to go up again. But obviously those players got you in the next division, whatever. So yeah. it's that it, that period of you either get the job, well, for whatever reason, whatever, but you got good players, and it's it's very difficult, like I said. And I think everybody should know it's not as everyone does know, it's not very easy yeah. being a, a manager for when you were there, was it the reserves that you were coaching again? If I may ask, yeah, yeah? I, bet, I was. Well, when I was with, with, with when obviously Brian came came in, obviously came in, but obviously manager, it was a case of Keith and myself would like obviously take the the training. Obviously, obviously adhering to Brian, so I was involved quite heavily as the as a group. Because don't forget, Brian was playing, so obviously he wouldn't be coaching. So if we had like pre season, especially. We'd have big squads and we'd split the squads down the, down the middle. So we'd be doing the same functional things. And then when we bring come together to do the old practical things. So I was quite heavily involved in and quite thoroughly enjoyed the coaching. Obviously, they're, they're at Bristol City. Yeah. But you got released in the summer of uh, 2005. 2005. It was uh, your good friend and teammate, yeah. um, Gary Harris, said, come, Gary to, Harris. come to the forest. The forest Green. Well, we. we <laughs> We had only one thing. We needed. They wanted us. We needed to stay in the in the well in the in the conference. And yeah. obviously, it was a it was the lawn, but not the new lawn. Whatever we were playing on that. If people don't know the lawn, playing on a very slopey pitch in Stroud. No one knows where Forest Green. They do know where it is now, but they didn't know then. Whatever. I didn't know. <laughs> and then, and it was a, a thoroughly enjoyable time there. Whatever our our main our main first year with main job was to make sure we're in the conference to go to the new lawn. And the irony was that we did that, went to the new lawn and, and to be unlucky for Gary, I felt he, he only, I think you'll find he only lasted five, six stroke games on the new season at the new lawn. Yeah. And obviously Gary was obviously sacked, whatever. And I, I, I had, I had no hesitation of, of, of not stay, of staying. And no. obviously I was, I wanted to go as well. So oh, and then I mean looking at uh, looking at good old Wikipedia I mean you yeah. uh, you went to Exeter then assistant manager at Torquay, Torquay and then Martin, uh, yeah. professional development coach with Plymouth, yeah, Plymouth and then right. returned to Torquay, to Torquay. yeah that's right thoroughly all all that it's I mean I've got all the dates here whatever and like it was a little and people do know that or some will know I mean when I left Forest Green in two thousand and seven things were I'd say quite difficult. The phone doesn't yes. the phone doesn't ring, and and people don't. And obviously, you get acquaintances and friends and all that. I mean, I I was sort of like not sure where I, where I was going. Still living in, in in Bristol at the time, whatever. Doing scouting, well, ironically, doing scouting for Man City in like two thousand and seven, and like watching games, going to games, and coming back. And but that was enough for what I wanted to do. So in the end, I decided to be self-employed coach and did that and thoroughly enjoyed that and then we decided to move back down to the to the west country in 2008 i think 2008 mm -hmm. 2009 and ironically met someone 
walking on the beach who was involved with extra and said, oh, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I'm self-employed coaching. He said, well, would you like to come back to Exeter City? And third, went back there in 2009 and, and thoroughly enjoyed that under 18 coach. Being local, it was ideal for me. Yeah. And then Steve Perryman was involved behind the scenes there. Wasn't yes, he, he was. Yeah. He was there. Steve Perryman. I mean, at the time, Paul Tisdale was the manager, and I, I was the, I was um, under eighteen coach with Kwame Ampadu, who obviously, well, not so obviously, obviously his son Nathan, who, Ethan, who's obviously at um, Chelsea now. Yeah. But obviously yeah. enjoyed that, and then got a call from Martin Martin Ling. He was just been pronounced manager at Torquay. Mm-hmm. Would I like to come down there? And join him. We're in the we're in the league, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Our first season, which was, I think, quite a milestone for the club. We 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 lost in the lost to Cheltenham in the playoffs in our first season. And um, second season didn't go so well. Certain circumstances with Martin and everything. Um, left there, and then was fortunate enough to then to go to Plymouth Argyle under Kevin Hodges in the youth department. Were there for oh, another. Four or five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, and there's not a club other than Rovers and uh, well, where, I think people Rovers realize when you, there's not a club no. sort of in the southwest that you haven't been connected with, is there? I think when I think when you realize when you want to move back down to and I'm I'm, I'm a Plymouth boy, but we moved obviously not obviously to Exeter, Exmouth. It was a case where we wanted to move back down to the West Country. I think you got I got to realize that you. There's only so many clubs in that area or whatever. <laughs> and I think at the time then, unless an unbelievable job did come up, you're not prepared to uproot your family leave. again. Yeah. And, oh, you haven't managed Yeovil no, yet. Yeah. No, no, no. But I can't. <laughs> so it was, and it was, it was, it was nice that I could do the job that I enjoyed doing in the area that, and I was, obviously people wanted me to do it. It was, was fine. I know, I mean, it, now I'm not, I'm not involved as such in, in football and, and I'm, and I'm quite relaxed about that. I mean, I, I'm a still passionate watcher of football, or whatever. But uh, but I'm not not involved in there. And I can I I, I took a step back and I, and I and I, I think I'm in a way don't miss it as much as I thought I would do. And they're not saying what are you I'll doing? Never... What are you doing now then, Sean? What what, well, what 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 what? How do you spend your days and your weekends? Well, yeah, well, the scenario is in 2000. And, oh, I'm trying to think. Probably two years ago. I was at Torquay, then Gary, uh, obviously Gary Johnson came on board. Obviously everyone knows Gary from, from Bristol or whatever. And Gary, only Gary Hours had left Torquay. Gary Hours, mm-hmm. manager of Torquay, asked me to be assistant. Ironically, he got the sack or whatever. And then I was asked, then would I stay on? Gary Johnson came in. He, he, he wanted me to stay there, and then which was which very, was very pleasing, though I knew that he was obviously, he, he was going to bring other, other coaches in, whatever. We managed, obviously, which you're people aware of that we we won the conference south, yeah, and we, we we got into the conference two years ago, and then I was a situation where he brought his other staff in, though he made me very welcome and all that. I was then assigned then to the 18s, which I always did enjoy and still do, but I was I was sort of a, without being unfair to Torquay, I was sort of a one man band. I was driving the minibus. I lived in X X. Yeah. I was I was literally on match days. Traveling ten hours for an hour and a half game of football, and, well, I, and, I, and I was not enjoying that. Anymore. You need it, you know. You don't. It, it, yeah. No, and that was the only reason I, I didn't. I resigned myself that I didn't need it, and I was. Uh, Torquay Gary said that there's always a, a job here, whatever, and I said no. I, I think I've decided. I don't 
need the hassle of like enjoying that. I enjoy the purple, but not obviously the traveling and, and yeah. All the, so all that's the when, that's when that, that came to an end. And that's and like, you, had quite, you had quite a few lone players, city youngsters down there. Any yes. stick in your mind at all over the, um, over the years? Connor, Common Lemonade, he's done exceptionally well there. Um, or trying to think, um, the, the left footer, or trying to think, who's yeah, still on the side now? Oh, not Tommy Conway, no, no Sam no, no. Pearson, Sam Pearson, no, but like Connor was probably. I mean, I, I, I think without being rude to Torquay, he, he could have probably played, still can play in a, a better better standard than, than this. Yeah. League. And hopefully, all Torquay will prove to go up the, the leagues, whatever. But yeah. I mean, no, so, and, and then, well, what, what am I doing now? I, I managed, well, not managed, being, which people a long time down the road, I, people realised I, I was a plumber, or whatever. Um, I'm working for a, a care home sort of like agency, whatever, where, um, Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 4.30, and my weekend's free. I managed yeah. now to, to go to go places where I couldn't go weekends. Yeah. Lots of places where I'm not, where, where obviously the only time you could go was between between that May and June. Yeah. I, I would go away, go away at Christmas. And and though I, I, I say I miss on Saturday afternoon, whatever, I don't miss it as much. So I'm really, really... I do a general general maintenance and things like that and quite enjoy it. You do so you put into good use your plumbing skills and general yeah. maintenance for yes. what is it, a care home group with a number of homes. It's a care group who's got who got houses around the area in, in Exmouth in, in Budley so and keep, Exeter. You're keeping you're keeping uh I'm outside still getting wet like I did today. So yes, I'm still <laughs> I still get wet, which I quite enjoy. I, I I'm definitely not an inside person in an office and all that. I'm out outdoors majority of the time. And it's uh, like I say, it's it's probably anything. It's not pressurized, whatever. I can. I do but like you're at a stage of life where you've got you've got a work life balance and you've I got have, yeah. a bit a bit of flexibility. Before yes. we talk about football today, generally, just to wrap up, I just want to send ask you a few quick fire questions. I told no you problem. these at the yes. start. So here we go. Who's the most skillful opponent that you've come up against in your career? Where you thought bloody hell. <laughs> Well, it's it's got to be when I played in the Premiership, probably Peter Beardsley, I'd say. I think people ask me who who the most difficult opponents were. I mean, him and Ian Wright. I mean, I would say obviously skill wise. I mean, they're both very skillful, but obviously Peter Peter Beardsley had exceptional skills. But to to think about, it, you had Mark and Ian Wright, whose mobility and and, and his, in his private at Arsenal, whatever it was, it was. Is now you think about it, you think, how did, how did you do it? Whatever, but you, you managed to cope with it. And like I say, I could rattle all the players I've played against, like Mark Hughes and Alan Shearer. And like, I would, I, yeah, I mean, obviously enjoyed those those battles because obviously, but then the more difficult ones will people realize when you're taller and bigger, whatever is the, the ones who get around your feet, like, like I say, like so Peter Beardsley. And I was going to say Beardsley, Beardsley and Wright, Beardsley even more so, busy, annoying. Yes. <laughs> you're about two foot taller than they are, but they yeah. just uh, yeah. get okay. But well, those experiences will always they'll always be there. Yeah, they can't take that away from you, as, uh, as they say. No. Who was the dirtiest forward that you came up against? When I saw, well, when I say dirtiest forward, first of all, I'll say probably the dirtiest player I've ever played against is Vinnie Jones. Without right. without <laughs> the Wimbledon days and all that. I mean, I don't think I'm trying to work out there, whatever. But I can remember 
being marked for a corner. Next minute, I'm on the floor, and I don't know how I, how I, how I, how I got on the floor, or whatever. It was just one of those things, and it wasn't obviously. It didn't get me down there fairly, if you understand what I mean. So that that was so basically that. But who that was who was the one that would play? I mean, you also played against uh, Fashionu, one of them. Yeah, yeah. oh John yeah, Fashionu. yeah, John Fashionu. Yeah, I mean, physically, I mean, I quite being ironic, I quite enjoyed the the more physicality of the of the, of the yeah. you always feel like they're like I say before, it's so going on. I mean, Evan, you said a more difficult center center forward and more aggressive. I mean, you you could get more aggressive than Alan Shearer, really. You think about yeah, it. Yeah, he stamped I mean, he on. Uh, who was it? One of the when he was playing, it was against Leicester. Well, for Newcastle, he stamped right. on somebody's head once and got away with it because it was Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer, I mean, it was, yeah, quite possibly. It was, was it Neil Lennon? I think it was. I just right. remembering that incident. Right. Yeah, because he could he could put it about, and you sort of answered it to some extent because I said who was the dirtiest player? Who was the hardest defender? Or rephrase it another way: when you started embarking on your playing career, yeah. who did you look at and say? Actually, I want to be like him. He's resolute in his well, approach. Um, I've been, I mean, I did like, I mean, though he's probably is older than me. I mean, Tony Adams, those kind of players who obviously are obviously he's very skillful as well, but obviously very aggressive and things like that. I mean, it just wanted, I mean, going back to other, other clubs, whatever. I mean, when I was with Swindon, whatever, I mean, I did hopefully think people, I did develop into probably a a very aggressive centre centre half, whatever, but also at times could pass the ball when before <laughs> I, was, I was just going to head it, if you know what I mean, whatever. So I was blessed. The experience I had at Swindon grounded me to to definitely make me a, a better all-round footballer. On my, excellent, on my excellent. If you look back on your whole career, um, yeah. we start with the, the, the negative. What, what, what was the biggest disappointment, you know, the gut-wrenching one incident or period for you? I think I mean we we talked about it before. I think Evan Evan the Evan the crucial injury, it, 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 ironically at, at Bristol, whatever. I think I mean if if I didn't have it's easy to say if I didn't have the injury. I mean I, I mean though I was a late starter at twenty three, I was I was very fit and quite fit, and I I felt like I mean I was fortunate to have my injuries later in my career and not at the beginning of my career. So I think on that it was injuries that I felt that I could. I mean, I used the lad plays for now um, Newport. The lad who was at Morecambe, Ellison, is it? Who's now yeah, 42. he came on and scored, didn't he? That's right. And I mean, he's still, like you said, he's still fit as a fit or whatever. And that was easy to say, oh, because I would still like to have played football, like beyond that. Though I, when I gave up football, I did ironically play for charity games and get through the games where, but you'd certainly had, I had a contrary more on those games because obviously where your body was and all things like that. So I, I, I miss. I think the injury was key for me. Not if that enjoying. hadn't happened, you might have gone on for another two years. Yeah, I, I, would, I would quite confidently say that, that yes. And yeah. probably then, who knows what, what, what would have happened. Like I say, yeah. whether I would have gone to the depths of playing locally, I'm, I'm not sure, whatever, because it's... It, but then you never know if you're still physically and do it, then you still can physically do it. I think. Yeah, yeah. And okay, we've gone from the low to the high. If you look at a champagne moment, what would your champagne moment or moments, you know, if you had to pick two, because you've had a yeah. good playing career, two, yeah. the two points that you look back and you think, I did that, I was there. Right. I think, to be fair to the three clubs I've played for, so I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll give three, yeah, so on. I'll give a better day of Exeter, Swindon and Bristol. I think Exeter winning the, winning the championship, being the captain and winning, being top of the league, whatever, and a, 
and a very a team that I've always been obviously in the second or third division, whatever, winning the league by so many points, not losing at home, winning 21 and drawing two at home under obviously Terry Cooper. That was a fantastic there. And that probably was a stepping stone for me then to go to Swindon. We've already mentioned about the Swindon to do all those to play, to score and end up playing where we all, as players want to play in the Premiership. I did all that at, at, at Swindon. And, and to be fair to, to Bristol, I think though the season w- was disappointing with the, but also going up the next division and having a, in a, in a winning team, whatever, that's why it, it's very key. It is, a, it is a team game, whatever. And I think, and the, I think the fans will always, always remark on how things went well. And I think they're probably going to be disappointed that we didn't, we should have won it our, that league that year, but obviously finished in second at Watford. Yeah, was obviously still got That's the main thing. Yeah. Um, again, big, I'm, I'm not going to say who was the most miserable get you played with or who had the worst dress sense, but if you look back on your playing career, who have been, who was the biggest joker in your career overall, and who was the biggest right. joker in your time at Bristol City? Which might be the same person, but those, well, those the irony there is, and people hopefully a lot of people will remember when I first joined Exeter, there was a goalkeeper there, and I'm going to say this. He had no hair, and his name was John Shaw. John Shaw, yeah. And he was... Now, i just come into a football club, not Steve Naive, because obviously I'd been a plumber and been in a trade and all that, but he used to come in with, obviously, his toilet bag and always have a comb in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> and he always said, do you want to borrow my comb? Do you want to borrow my comb? <laughs> now, I don't know if he told us, but I mean, so obviously being a... Because I think we signed him from... Um, from Bristol, I think. Yeah, yeah, Bristol. yeah. So, so I remember. I mean, that was the start of my career, whatever. And like when I first joined Exeter, whatever, there was a lot of season pros there, whatever. And like you had a, you had to deal with that, whatever. I, I felt that was quite an intimidating place that first time when you went into yeah. a new change room. And I always made a point when new players came in from that day on, from when new players come into a club, and I was over there, I'd always be the first one to welcome in and say, "This is a football club," because. That was a hard time. That first bit joining the someone because you were actually taking someone else's place at yeah, a football club. Yeah. I I remembered it, and I made a point of always introducing and welcoming other people to the football club. Yeah, yeah. And 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 final question on the on these uh, quickfire things. I mean, if you had to pick, you might have more, and you might say, well, I, it's, it's more than three. But who are your best friends in football that you made that you're still friends with now at this uh, stage of your people life? Had, I mean, I think it's always, when you say got friends, I mean, the people will always probably say, oh, there was acquaintances. I mean... Yeah, loads of acquaintances, uh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I think, obviously, uh, I think Gary Arrows was quite, out, well, very keen on, obviously, me being, obviously, with him, obviously, at Forest Green in Torquay. And we we, we, can, we still talk. Um, I had a... Good, good relationship with the Swindon lads, and obviously Martin didn't live right. Martin Ning was didn't live that very far for us in Swindon, so we had a camaraderie there. And then, then we had a good time when, we, obviously, when he was at Torquay. And so those things you remember really well. And like there's there's certain players that though I think people realise when you're footballers, if you don't speak to them, but then we all meet like a reunions, whatever. Everybody still says the same funny things and everybody gets on. It's That's the irony, I think, a little bit. It's, it's always easy to say, oh, your friends are, but obviously you've got friends out of football, but with football friends, there's, there's lots of acquaintances, but 
There's not many people I, I, yeah. I very, very disliked in football, to be fair. Yeah. Let's take it back to City and a couple of general points just to wrap up. Um, we look at City first. Um, Nigel Pearson as manager, yeah. uh, you've probably played against him over yeah. the years. You've seen what he's done as a manager. Uh, as a fan, you know, it's 40 years of non-Premier League football in Bristol. What you know of Nigel Pearson and what you, you, you see probably from afar... Yeah. Do you think he's the man that will finally do it, given the support? And he's got his physio now because there have been a lot yeah. of things about injuries there. But, right. you know, I, I do think, you think Nigel's a good man? I think uh, he's, he's a very, it's a wise decision. I, th I think everyone may be, may be supported, maybe a little surprised how the results have not gone that well later in the season. But obviously he's got a pedigree. I think people, obviously people do realise that. He was mainly the fulcrum, obviously, of the Leicester of actually the, the build-up of that and then, well, say win the league, whatever. I know he didn't do that in the end, but it was, it was sort of his majority of his team. I think people got to realise the decision there is it, a good decision and I'd like, I'd like to think hopefully that he will change things in, and, and then obviously Bristol have a, hopefully have a successful season next season. Yeah, do you think you'll... Do, do you ever get down there at all for, for games? I or? haven't. I haven't been down down for a while whatever but I cannot see no reason why uh, I, I well, can't come you down. know you're always a popular guy down there and finally football I mean the fans are back in the stadiums yes. um, it, it's made a difference hasn't it even though they're only a yes. quarter full now I, I, I've watched a few of the, the playoff games and and even all the, well, the premiership games have played as well and it's just a massive difference I mean I, I, people realise if you watch Sky you can obviously drum into the when you hear every word of the players, whatever, and the commentators apologise every five minutes for the for the coarse words, right? But even switching on to the other, the noise, crowd noise, it's not the same, but it was better. But now you see the fans with only like maybe five thousand, or it, it's everybody's. It, it, it's an it, obviously it's a bit been a very sad situation, but yeah. hopefully we're all, we've turned for the better now. Do you think the standard of refereeing has been? Hmm, I would say has it been. Better because the crowds haven't been intimidated, haven't no. intimidated referees. But I've felt this season taking VAR apart. We'll come back to that as a final point. But I feel right. that we haven't noticed the referees so much because you haven't had the crowds squealing at them for decisions. Yes. Is that what you would say? Looking at um, it, but also I think, and it's not not because the, there's no been fans. I think the the, the two teams have not contribute to that as well also if you know what I mean because the referees had, like you say quite easy time it so like it, it isn't it, like as you said before the fans have a go at the, the players the players feel they got to have a go at the referee whatever you know I mean it's sort of that scenario I think what you say is right I mean we're all glad now I think the, the fans are back in I just think referees have probably had an easier time now and probably will now be surprised now there are going to be shouted out for me because one t one thing is good and one thing is not so I good. Know. And do you think, I mean, if you look at VAR, because again, we're fortunate that championship level and below, it's not there. Yeah. But if you, what you've seen of VAR yes. from afar, yeah. how would you change it? You're never going to lose it, but what would you do differently to how they're addressing it now? Oh. I think the only the scenario is is a lot of it. They're so right with the goal line technology and and taking it back. And all. I think I'm, I am, and I'm a defender here, being a defender all my career. I feel 
very sorry for the, the, the hairline decisions of a, of a heel or a, or a knee and all that for an offside decision when you only can see that. You cannot see it from a naked eye, obviously, of the linesman, whatever. Uh, but but a VAR still can get that right, whatever. I, I think something's got to be done on, done on that scenario for an offside decision because people can now celebrate goals because they're waiting for the VAR or whatever. And just on that, it's like referees now, make, I think, make it easier for them to not make a decision now. They're now, if they don't see it, they can always go to VAR. So I don't think they're concentrating on the games. And they probably say they are, but they're not because they know they've got the fallback of VAR to obviously have a look at that decision. So mm. if we've got two linesmen, we've got the referee. Now, if the referee and linesmen make that decision offside, I think we've got to adhere to it. Everybody would be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, we were still not happy when we got goal. We got the technology of, of offsides, was, and I feel very sorry. But, and when I say I feel very sorry, I was pleased. Obviously, Leicester won the FA Cup, but oh, oh Chelsea's equaliser because then they would have gone to extra time and, yeah. and things like that. It's it's it's, it's not even a hairline decision. It's a decision on the, on where you pro, you portray with that line. Is, and the speed, and no, I feel ridiculous. very ridiculous. And another thing, the speed on the speed, obviously. Someone makes a tackle and it, it sometimes looks a lot worse, slowed down and things like that. I mean, there's a lot of pluses for it. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. We need goal line decisions for, for VAR. And every goal you score, it is legitimate. It should be a goal. Where in the past, it's not been the case. Now, yeah. That's a classic. Now, other things, penalties and all that, it will be brought in, whatever. And I think it will be with us. We're not going to now say we're not going to have VAR. So they've got it. I think we've got it here for. For keeps well, and a very yeah, and, and final question: uh, England in the Euros. Do you think we're gonna do anything? Will you be watching it? I'll I'll, I'll be watching, and as every England supporter who who lives in England should support England, unless you're obviously Scottish and Welsh. That we just we all hope that we are going to win something eventually because we have got a nucleus of, of, of exceptional good talent. Yeah. This obviously this tournament. Sean, it's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been interesting. It's been informative. It's been funny. Uh, you know, we, we hope we'll see you at Ashton Gate uh, again before too Thank long. You, Let us know when you're coming up, you know, because we'll okay. I'll buy you a beer. I say it's Thank been you. a real pleasure. I'm going to switch off the record button now, and then we'll Thank just you. wrap up. Here we go. So, Sean Taylor, thanks for joining Forever Bristol City Podcast. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.